my name is Julian. I'm one of the senior pastors uh, here at Sutton Vineyard. And it's my pleasure to uh, start a new series this morning called The Wellbeing Journey. Uh, and something we want to take a look at the start of the year about the God, uh, our God's intention and plan for the well-being of our lives. And I knew this would happen. I was saying to uh, our prayer team this morning, as soon as uh, we get into an area where we're talking about well-being, where we're talking about pace and rhythm and peace and uh, how we take care of the aspects of our heart, that those things would be challenged. And sure enough, so someone was like, how's your week been? And the answer is, it's been really, really full on, but with good stuff. Uh, and sure enough, though, as I was preparing this message, I was challenged with exactly what we're talking about. Actually, the pace and rhythm of perfect peace. And this morning, that's what we want to look at. We want to look at this word uh, shalom, which sums up the peace of God. But in that word is this idea of walking in step with the Holy Spirit, of walking in the perfect peace of God. And I know this, that as you guys begin to dive into this topic and as we open this up and and, and stir it around a little bit, I promise you there's going to be something that agitates all of us in one of these areas of our lives. Are you up for that? Some of you are like, I didn't sign on for that. That's, uh, <laughs> that's not what I intended. Um, but as we begin to look at and reflect on our lives, what we realise is that God has something to say to us in every aspect of who we are, in every aspect of our personhood. And maybe you found yourself asking this question, but wouldn't it be great if there were another two hours in the day? Does anyone feel like that? We've got 24 hours a day. All of us have got the same 24 hours, but I would love 26 hours because then things would be easier, right? Then I would probably get more sleep. Then I would be more relaxed. I would find more rhythm. I would find more pace. But the truth is, what would we probably do with an extra two hours? We'd probably fill them with other stuff, right? We'd probably just jam them with more busyness. And so uh, the question you might be asking yourself, and maybe you've had moments like this through the, the busyness of your everyday, you might be asking, how am I supposed to balance it all? And I'd humbly suggest that we're not supposed to balance it all. Right? You, you, you're maybe working long hours, you're maybe juggling family responsibilities, you're, you're juggling the pace of life, whatever that might look, for you, uh, look like for you in this season. And you might be thinking, I don't know, I feel like I'm balancing everything and it feels like a balancing act, but maybe we're not supposed to be in a balancing act. Because that kind of suggests that if I go too far left, I fall. If I go too far right, I fall and I've got to somehow walk the tight line of living and that feels stressful doesn't it that feels like a little bit anxiety inducing but actually I, I, I challenge us this morning as we open up the bible together the peace of god is not about living in balance but about living in rhythm it's an entirely different concept see when you're balancing you could fall but when you're when you're in rhythm you're in consistency who enjoyed our time of worship as we started this morning isn't it interesting that one of the powerful things of us singing together and playing together is that it happens to feel beautiful because there's rhythm. And there was rhythm, right? Everyone needs to say yes to that. that was a, there was great rhythm in our band. And when you've got rhythm, you've got consistency. You've got these pushes and pauses. You've got these breaks and these moments of sound. And there's an upstroke and a downstroke on a guitar. There's a lifting of the hands and a pressing down of the keys. There's a lifting of the sticks and a hitting of the drums. Probably not like that because that's that would be a bad sound. Um, 
not a very good drummer. Uh, but when you've got this rhythm and consistency and all of that is working together, you have this beautiful sound that is made. It's not balance, it's rhythm. And I would suggest that's really what the Lord has in mind for us. And if you've got a Bible, we're going to be looking at a few different verses this morning. Usually I live in one passage, but we're going to be going around a few this morning um, to bring out the big concept that will set us up for the next eight weeks. So we're going to start in Numbers chapter 6. If you've got a Bible, you can turn to that. If it's on your phone, you can scroll to that. If you haven't got either of those, it's okay. It's going to come up on screen and I'm going to read it to you. Um, but this is what it says. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Many of you will know this as the blessing. There's a whole song that went around uh, in 2020 um, and it sort of went viral, at least in Christian circles. Uh, and, and it sung these words out over our lives. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And if you had to sum that up in one go, it would be, may you live in the peace of God. May you live in the harmony that God has in mind for you. May you live in his comfort and calm and it's something that took me about 10 years to learn because we hear the word peace and we think we know what that means like for you maybe peace is a, a tui advert on a beach in barbados that might feel like peace and, and genuinely it might be a form of peace peace for you might be you know 30 minutes where all of the children are silent that definitely will feel like perfect peace uh, peace for you might be a walk by a river it might be uh, some quality time with loved ones. It might be uh, a pausing of the thoughts that bother you. Uh, and, and peace is, of course, all of those things, but peace is so much more than that. When I was 20 years old, which was increasingly feeling like further and further in the past, uh, I started a business. I was working as a carpenter. Uh, I was making staircases and I was um, helping build houses and schools. Really good, fun stuff working with my hands, but I realized it's more effective if I went out on my own. And so in 2008, I headed out to start a business that would build and renovate properties. What a great year to begin a business in building and renovating properties. And people of a certain age are laughing because what happened in 2008? Well, the property industry collapsed. <laughs> so I knew nothing about economic cycles. I knew nothing about um, uh, the, the wider picture of what was going on. I just thought, I'm good with this. I'm going to use my hands to go and build a business on uh, working with property. And well, work dried up. It was very difficult at the end of 2008 to find anybody who wanted any work doing. And all of my skills immediately became redundant. There was nowhere I could find business. And it became a stressful time of life for me. At 20 years old, out on my own, I had hired a couple of people by this point, And I'd landed one client who turned out to be the worst client I've ever met in my entire life. And what happened was I entered a season of the most stressful and difficult time of my life. At 20 years old, I didn't know what was happening, but what happened was I bought all of the materials. Um, I did all of the work. I was paying laborers. We were renovating 15 flats for, for this, uh, this client. And they decided in the end they weren't going to pay us. And so a dispute, a small dispute, which turned into a bigger dispute, arose. Uh, and what happened was all of, all of the suppliers started calling in. You know, they wanted paying. And so there was this cascading domino effect of stress and tension. And it got worse and worse and worse. And it led to uh, my first 
breakdown at 20 years old. And so we were £20,000 in the hole for this. And that's, that's a lot of money back then. It's a lot of money now, but it's probably felt like it even more so back then. And the stress starts to mount. On top of that, I was leading youth ministry. And uh, we were doing intercity youth events. We saw loads of young people coming together. We, we were reaching people in various different ways as a church. We were preaching on a regular basis. And if you looked at my calendar, it was full to the brim. I was doing 60 plus hours a week consistently. And when you're 20 years old, you're, you're convinced you can manage that. You're convinced you can run at that pace for a time. You're convinced that you are invincible. But the truth is you are not invincible. And I realized that in a very abrupt way, somewhere six months into working with these tensions and, and, and problems that I was trying to balance, I, of course, broke down. I hit the hardest time of my life at the same time my, my dad had been diagnosed with cancer. I had family issues going on, finance issues going on, business problems, uh, survival stress. And so it's safe to say that there was something happening within me that at 20 years old, I didn't have the language to articulate. I didn't understand, but it was not good for me. I was not living in perfect peace. I was not living in what the Bible says, the peace of God. And so when I would read a verse like that in Numbers 6, the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. I had not received that. I was living in the complete opposite and it would take eight years to recover from some of those things. And another two burnouts, by the way, along the route because my diary didn't really change. I just filled it with other stuff. You know, we wound the business up and we managed to solve all of those problems over a period of a year or two, but I just filled it up with other stuff. I was still doing 60 hours. I was still serving the church. I was still making a living. I was still doing what I could to keep uh, uh, family responsibilities going. And you get to the point where like, I don't know, even if I had another four hours in the day, if any of this would get any better. Far from the perfect peace of God. And then you're left lying on your bed at night. I was, I was sick in the middle of the night. Periodically, I was pulling at my hair. I felt like I was drowning and, again, didn't have the language, didn't understand what was happening, but that was stress and anxiety. I realize that now. But I remember praying like, God, is this what you had in mind for me when you said, you know, I came to give life and life in its fullness? Like, there's, there's a full life and there's a full life, right? There's, there's full where I've overloaded it and there's full where I'm thriving in the things that God has in mind for me. And the answer, of course, was no. And then the danger is you start blaming God, like, God, you know, what are you doing? But of course, God didn't jam my calendar. God didn't plan my week. God didn't schedule my appointments. God didn't overstretch me. I did that. And of course, you hit that wall, you, you head 100 miles an hour, and what happens is you feel this discombobulation. Everyone say discombobulation. It's really fun to say. Uh, <laughs> It's a long word that basically just means to confuse things. Uh, and I think we get discombobulated in, in our faith and in our life more often than we'd like to admit. We get confused as to what we think God has handed before us and actually what we have heaped upon ourselves at times. And what we've got to do is take a step back and realize that I'm not supposed to balance everything, but I'm supposed to work out what matters most. And I'm supposed to bring it before the Lord and I'm supposed to ask him to be Lord over all of those areas so that I don't feel discombobulated, so that I don't feel like I lack peace, so that I, I'm not trying to make it all work. I'm trying to understand how God's will is done in every aspect of my life. There's a difference 
in concepts. And so some of the areas that we can get stuck in, I've got a few boxes down here. One of them is our, our spiritual area. And what we like to do is we like to compartmentalize. And so we get a box uh, from Amazon, uh, other suppliers are available, uh, and, we, and we put our spirituality in the box. A Sunday morning, here's some spirituality. And on a Sunday morning, we can open that spirituality and we can engage in that spirituality. And then we might close the box and that's it. We've got an area where our faith is expressed. We've got an area where um, we feel like we're engaging spiritually. And then there's another area, um, this one here, which is a car cover. Um, emotional. So we've got some emotions and what happens is we have an emotional experience or we engage with someone and our emotions are hurt. Or you know, we put ourselves out there and we're feeling a certain way. And sometimes what we can do is we can box our emotions. We put our emotions in a nice little box and we go, ooh, I don't like that. I'm going to put it in there. That's a compartment. Or maybe the box is just open all too often and it spills out uh, and it's messy. And so we have a little box of spirituality. We have a, a little box of emotion. What else have we got going on? We can have a couple of boxes of our vocation and our, our physical well-being. And so we look at those things and, well, here's, here's my work box and here's my physical box and here's a time where I do these particular things and it's contained in, in this particular area of my life. And so there's times where I can, that's going to fall, uh, there's times where I feel really spiritual, there's times where I want to box my emotions and open those up and put them back. There's times when I want to open, um, I don't open this too often, by the way, there's times when I want to open my physical well-being and maybe I want to keep it locked up for a year or two. Uh, and so th the danger with that as well is that we think it's just about one aspect of our physicality, but actually there's so much more to us than uh, fitness. There's so much more to us but than appearance. And those are the ideas that we often buy into when we think of physical. But that becomes a boxed area of our lives. I need to work on this thing. Ever said that? What else have we got? We've got a box over here. That is financial and so this is a box that we like to keep quite tight, quite closed. We don't talk about it too often or maybe we talk about it too freely but we think of that as one other area of our lives that we keep contained. And then uh, the final box, of course there are more boxes but this is just a selection I've got on offer, uh, is our relationships. And so uh, we, we sometimes have relationships that we contain in a certain way and what we often do is we get uncomfortable when one box bleeds into another box. My son plays with a lot of toys and he has boxes. And my thinking is it's this, right? We have a box where he just, now you're playing with the train set. Put the train set away, put the box away, get another box out, play with uh, the teddies. I don't know. But of course, any parents in the room know that doesn't work, does it? What they do is they just pull everything off the shelves and they tip all the boxes out and it merges and... Uh, when you look at that, you get very uncomfortable because you realise some of these things, it's uncomfortable when they mix. I don't always want my emotions to factor into my spirituality. I don't always want my finances to affect my relationships. I don't always want, ever want my, my physical well-being to affect my spirituality. And what we like to do in the West in particular is we think about these boxes. We think about these compartments and we call it compartmental living. Separate areas. And then you read a verse, the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and turn his face towards you and give you peace. The problem is we read that in English and it, it was originally written in Hebrew. And when you read that word peace, it actually means 
not a box, but something that spills and something that merges and something that's messy. You see, here's two Hebrew words that go hand in hand as we look at this. Uh, the first word is Shabbat and the second word is Shalom. Shabbat is uh, traditionally the, the seventh day of the week, usually a Saturday, and it's a day earmarked for rest. And not just rest where you chill out and do nothing, but it's a chance to recalibrate your heart. It's a chance to realign every aspect of your being with your God. And so, so the God that we serve, the God that we believe in, we, he instituted the Sabbath from the very beginning of the book of Genesis. He created humanity and the very first thing he said to them was, you have a Shabbat, you have a rest. Well, they haven't done anything. They haven't worked. They haven't gone out and, and taken care of the God. And the first thing that God commands is that they rest and they work from a place of rest. They don't work to rest. They work from rest. Now, you might think that's semantics and nothing changes, but actually the concept shifts the way that we think about our lives. That actually I'm not made to work. I'm not going to work and then oh, I'm tired. I'm going to rest from my work. No, no, actually I'm rested so that I can work. That actually I can be fruitful. I can be purposeful. And the second word we see here is shalom. And you might have heard this as a greeting that, uh, that people say to each other, that, that Jewish people would, would say hello. Instead of saying hello, they'd say shalom. They'd greet each other this word. And this word is what we translate as peace. It's translated consistently throughout the Bible as peace. And in the New Testament as well, it's paralleled that when we see the word peace, what we're seeing really is this word shalom. So what does peace mean for us? What does peace mean in our lives? What does it mean in every aspect of our heart? And it actually means to invite Jesus to have his rule, reign and authority in every aspect of our being. Look at these words in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And if you was with us over Christmas, we'd have covered these verses together. You'll, you'll recognize these as very famous words around Christmas time. It says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Now, for those of us who, who believe in Jesus and follow Jesus, we understand that Isaiah, although written thousands of years ago, was prophesying, was speaking before his time with divine knowledge about Jesus. That this verse refers to Jesus, that there is one who would come whose government will be on his shoulders and he will be called the wonderful counselor. I need a wonderful counselor in my life. I make dumb choices all the time. Ask around. <laughs> I need someone who's going to counsel me wonderfully. And the government will be upon his shoulders. In other words, he'll also have authority. He'll have something that means something for us. And he will be a mighty God, everlasting father and prince of peace. If there's peace, he is the prince of that peace. He, he is the most abundant one that could offer you peace. And so what we realize is that Jesus, knowing Jesus, means that we can encounter the peace of God. He is the one who's been given authority in peace. He is the one who's been given the rule and reign for peace in your life. And when we encounter Jesus, what we're saying is, I put my life under his perfect peace. But again, the word peace doesn't do it justice. John Chapter 14, verse 27. This is the same Jesus prophesied about in that last verse. This is what Jesus says about himself to you. He said it to the disciples and it's just as applicable for us today. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. 
I do not give to you as the world gives. In other words, I, I don't give it with strings attached. I, I don't give it and, and then take it back last minute if you don't behave in a certain way. But I, I give it freely. Uh, and do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. This is this Jesus who comes to us. This is the same Jesus that we've just read about in Isaiah. And what we recognize is our lives, however distressed or harassed or difficult they feel, when we bring them in line with Jesus, we see a change take place. And so what we'd love to see, and this isn't always easy, is that we look at these areas of our lives where we box things off and we compartmentalize, is that rather than being fractured and rather seeing you know, our, our church world never meets our, our, our friendship world or family world, our finances never uh, really come into our emotions, the truth is we know they do. We just like to pretend they don't. Right. If you've ever missed a mortgage payment, your finances come into your emotions. Believe me. Our vocation, our work, our sense of purpose, what we do. We like to box them off. But actually, peace is not about having perfection in those areas. It's not about success, but it's about recognizing that they form the whole. They're not just a box that we live in, but when we live in the shalom of God, shalom actually means wholeness. So, so when you greet someone and you say shalom, you're not just saying peace. You're saying, may you be in wholeness. May you be complete. I'm going to slide these back or they'll fall. Um, but the whole person, actually all of these things that we, we like to live in, all of these boxes that we like to contain ourselves in, we're kind of fooling ourselves when we think they're separate. We're kind of fooling ourselves when we think that we can close ourselves off in one area. Actually, when we bring our lives under God, what we realize is he affects everything. The word peace, if you could translate it properly, it means prosperity, but not necessarily in the financial sense. It means wholeness. It means completeness. It means connectedness. It means together. It's the opposite of discombobulation. It's the opposite of anxiety. It's the opposite of fear. It means to lack any disease in area, any area of your life. That actually I find myself complete and whole in the presence of God. Because now what we're doing is not living in fragmented sections of our lives. What we're seeing is that everything bleeds. Everything is spiritual. Actually, my faith is carried into every area of my life. My relationships are not isolated. They carry into every area of my life. How I think about my finances, how I think about my physical well-being, how I think about my purpose in my work, it mixes into everything. And we'd love to sort of break those off and go, well, I'm just going to live in that box or that box. Now, God encourages us to live in shalom. He invites us into wholeness. He invites us into perfect peace. And the question then isn't, how do I balance all of these things? The question then is, how do I bring all of these under Jesus? How do I let him affect all of these areas? Because the Bible tells us that he's the Prince of Peace. The Bible tells us that he wants to give us peace. The Bible tells us that he wants to leave his peace with us. That it's not just something that comes for a time on a Sunday morning when we receive prayer. It's not just something that comes when we're in a moment with our small groups. But he wants us to live daily in his peace. My peace I give to you. My peace I leave you. He wants us to live in wholeness. And so he wants, us to, lead, he wants to lead us this morning, I think. Well, I know because the Bible tells us. Uh, into living out perfect peace. Now, what happens is we withhold things, right? So, so we say to, to Jesus, I'm happy for you to come into my spirituality. 
The very fact that we'd be praying that means that we're happy for that to happen. But I'm not sure about my relationships. Stay away from that. You ever done that? You don't, put, don't put your hand up. Uh, I'm happy for you, Lord, to maybe inform my work. You know, I'll pray about direction in my life. I'll pray about what I'm doing and purpose. But I don't want you to touch my finances. I don't want you to touch my physicality. Something we're less willing to open up. Or Lord, I'm happy to follow you, but I've got some emotions I'm not ready to deal with. And what we realise as we go through this well-being journey is there's maybe some things that we've got boxed up tightly separate. But actually Jesus is saying, I want to touch it all. I want to impact it all. I want you to live in wholeness in all of these areas. Now that might be uncomfortable. You might not even be ready for some of those things. That's okay. See, God's a perfect gentleman. He won't kick the door down. He won't smash open these boxes. But what he's doing is inviting you to bring them before him and say, would you bring every area of your heart under my rule, under my control, under my love, under my peace? Not because I want to control those things, but because I want to release peace in your life in those areas. Our final verse this morning is Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30. It's been a leading verse for a lot of people in our church, actually, over this past year. And it's one that sums up this idea of tension, rhythm and rest. So we started saying, how do we balance it all? Well, we don't balance it all. Actually, we hold some things in tension. Matt was playing the guitar this morning. He was strumming away. And imagine if those strings were not under tension. How would that sound? It would sound awful. Let's face it, you just start strumming the strings. There's no tension. It would be flat. All the, all the notes would be off. But actually, when you put those strings under tension, too much tension and they snap. Not enough, they don't make a good sound. But the right tension, they begin to sing. They begin to make a beautiful sound. They begin to make a beautiful harmony. And actually, we've got to learn the rhythm and rest that we find in the Lord. And this is what it says in Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy, my burden is light. It has such gravity for us, that verse. The message translation puts it beautifully. It says, come and learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Slightly poetic translation of the Bible, but that really sums up what it is to live in wholeness, to live in the shalom of God. That actually you and I need to learn the perfect pace of peace. Say that fast three times. The perfect pace of peace. We need to learn to live in the perfect pace of peace. That I'm not supposed to be perfect in every way. That's not on me. I already serve one who is perfect. I mess up all the time. I, I overload my calendar more often than I'd like to. I sometimes don't give the family side an attention. Sometimes I don't give the Lord the attention. Sometimes I don't give my work the attention it deserves. Because I'm trying to balance it all. But when I realise, no, no, I'm supposed to live in rhythm... I'm supposed to live in peace. I'm supposed to live in wholeness. I'm supposed to just say, Lord, I've got all of these things in my life. What a privilege. What an honor. How do I bring them into your presence? How do I bring them under your will? How do I bring them into your reign and authority? What am I expecting? That life will slow down? <laughs> we live near London, so... <laughs> What, what, what am I expecting? That, that the kids will stay calm day in, day out, and that will be my experience of peace? Well, no, they're kids. They're going to be excitable. What am I expecting? That 
You know, my relationships will just keep going if I don't give them any attention. No. Actually, we've got to bring our whole selves to our lives. Bring our whole selves to our families, to our work, to the people around us, to the faith community that we are. And we've got to recognize that it's all mixed. It's all merged. You can't separate it. You can't segment it. At least not easily. So actually, if I can't do that, can I bring it to the Lord? There's a beautiful image we mentioned a few months ago, and I'm glad I found it on the internet. This is, a, this is by Jack Dawson, painted in 1997, and it shows a picture of uh, a waterfall absolutely raging, pouring off the side there. There's lightning in the background. There's rocks being smashed with water. Uh, and this picture is called Peace, by the way. And so you look at this picture called Peace, like what is Jack Dawson thinking of? There's a tree there that's looking haggard and, and rough. And there's a storm brewing over the top of it. That looks like pressure. That looks like stress. And then if you look closely, you might find it hard to see from where you're sat. But just on this rock in the middle, lower third, is a little hole in the rock. And in that little hole in the rock, there's a nest. And in that nest, there's a little bird. And the little bird is just sat calm in the nest. That little bird is in shalom. That little bird is in wholeness, completeness, present with God. And that's really the, the driving image for us as we enter this well-being journey. And by the way, this, this is really the first part of an eight-part sermon. It's a long sermon. Um, looking at some of these areas and saying, actually, how do we not see them as compartments, but how do we bring them into the peace and presence of God? How do we live in the shalom of God that even while there's a storm going on, even while there's a waterfall cascading over the top of where we live, even while the wind is blowing, my life is in the presence of God and I walk in his perfect peace. That's the challenge for us. And I promise you there's something to agitate some part of your life for everyone in this room. Certainly has mine already. And Just before we enter a time of worship, I'm going to invite the worship team to come on up. And if you're sat here, I don't know where you're at with the Lord. Maybe you don't know Jesus at all. Maybe this is all new to you. But as many of us here can share a, an honest experience. That when we met Jesus, we encountered his peace. That when we gave our hearts to Jesus, we encountered perfect peace. And actually, if you're feeling like your life is discombobulated... We believe Jesus can bring peace to those areas. And don't see them as separate, but see them as whole. Maybe you're here and actually you have been walking with the Lord, but rather than give it all over to Jesus, you've got some boxing going on. You've got some, oh, I know Jesus, but I don't want you to touch my emotions. Oh, I know Jesus, you're the Prince of Peace, but I don't want you to touch my vocation. Jesus, I know that you've got the best in mind for me, but I just am not ready to deal with my relationships. And again, he's not going to force you, but he's going to lead you. He's going to draw you. He's going to call you to his presence. Maybe over these coming weeks, and if you do miss a Sunday, I encourage you to catch up on this stuff. But there might be some things that you need to open up to the Lord. There might be some things that you need to bring into his presence of peace. And would you allow him to just disturb some of those things? Hey, would you stand with me if you're able?
We're going to pray, and then we're going to enter a time of communion. Father God, I thank you that you are the Prince of Peace. You sent Jesus. You revealed yourself in, in him. And by knowing him, we can walk in rest and peace. Lord, would you teach us the unforced rhythms of grace? That we might take stock, not so we can have a day off in our week, but so we can recalibrate our heart. So we can reevaluate what areas of our life do we need to bring back in line with you. Lord, help us to walk in step with your Holy Spirit. And Lord, if we're feeling boxed off in a certain area, would you give us the courage to open it up to you, knowing that you are capable to handle it? You already know what's inside. <laughs> Nothing can be hidden from you. And Lord, as we bring ourselves wholeheartedly this year to the table of your kingdom, may we experience wholeness, completeness, peace, by definition of shalom. And may we grow ever closer to you in Jesus' name. Amen.